This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to today's episode of War Room Moments. I'm your podcast host, Jason Miller. And today I have Artie Leonard with us from Reliable Solar Solutions. Good to have you on the show today. Artie and I have been uh, colleagues and good friends for quite a while and uh, glad to have you on board. Why don't you give everybody a little bit of rundown, Artie, on what you do and what your superpower is? Okay. Well, um, <laughs> Again, Artie Leonard, uh, Reliable Solar Solutions. We're over here in Massachusetts. Uh, we specialize in residential, um, commercial, off-grid solar projects. Uh, my superpower is probably being a little bit creative within those uh, the category. Um, this example, I've built electric boats and uh, you know, solarized my golf cart. Anything that we can harness energy from the sun and not have to plug in is I guess that would be my superpower outside the box. Yeah. Outside the box is where it's at too, (laughs) for sure. Um, Yeah. So leading into that, I mean, solar seems to be a pretty, pretty big topic right now, obviously with, with leaving all the politics aside of things. Right. Um, What are you seeing the trends and, and how is solar shifting and shaping where we're going as far as, you know, the fossil fuel solar war, all these things? Where, where do you see the trends taking us? Uh, well, let me start off in the, the small picture. We call it the solar coaster. So if you asked me that question this morning, the answer would be a little bit different in a small window. But, it, it, you know, at the 30,000 foot view, um, we're just heading to the point where whenever possible, wherever possible, we're going to use solar or some other type of quote unquote non-fossil fuel um, for our energy needs. Uh, I got a call, it was uh, like a week and a half ago about a gentleman who does waste water treatment on small systems, like an individual hut in the middle of, you know, who knows where. And um, what they were looking to do is power their pumps because they got they have to move this wastewater, uh, but they don't have an extension cord that runs for you know sixty miles to the nearest uh, power out, outlet. So what they wanted to do was put together a little solar system with a battery so that they could pump this wastewater near to wherever it needs to go. Um, so just from the big picture, like the big solar fields, right down to little projects like that, it all seems to entail the same equipment. It's it's solar uh, and storage, be, meaning batteries or whatever, whatever that may, may mean, because there's a bunch of different ways you can actually store uh, energy. So uh, big picture, it's going to be everywhere. We can't stop it even if we try. Yeah, right. Well, it's interesting because here where I live, there's it's like there's this big push for solar, but it's extremely difficult to yeah. actually get solar installed on your house 
Um, and I don't really understand all that. And I know every state's different and, and all these different things, but it's like they want solar, but then the power company doesn't want to work with the solar companies to get it done. And I mean, any insight on that, why that is? Uh, yeah, well, that's the pain point, right? So everybody <laughs> thinks that uh, your pain point is to try to uh, find somebody who wants solar and sell it to them. No, we, 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 can, we can do that all day long. Uh, it comes on the back end um, through all the hurdles and hoops that we need to jump through. As far as like, do, do I have any insight as to why it happens or how we can um, navigate it? I think navigating it is um, you just have to be nimble. You know, you just can't be rigid and say, we're only going to do it this one way because uh, you've already sold the job. You might as well figure out how to get it installed. Um, as far as dealing with the, the large companies, you know, I mean, you know that um, a couple of years ago, we wanted to kick off in, in Florida, but for various reasons, um, it didn't get off the ground, which now it's looking like we're fortunate because uh, the net metering rules, which means the utility um, when you overproduce power, the utility is not going to give you credit on your bill like they had been. So that's called net metering. Um, why is the utility pulling back on that? Uh, the, 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 the argument for it is um, you had said some people have solar and some people don't. The utility says, well, there's a cost to uh, having the solar systems backfeed the grid. And unfortunately, the people who don't have solar are have the burden of burden of paying for that because if you produce enough power and you backfeed the grill and grid and you have no, no electric bill, you don't have to pay for any of the infrastructure, the, you know, the lines or anything like that. They've got to find somebody to, to bill for that. And, and it goes on the people who actually have an electric bill, which, so I can see, I, I can see both sides. There's got to be a solution. Um, I don't get involved with the politics of that because um, I, I, I certainly can see what that it isn't fair to people who don't have solar. But then again, why should we stop a whole uh, industry for a sh short period of time? Because it's not going to be forever. You and I both know it's like I say, it's not going away. And in Florida, uh, you get sunshine all the time. Why wouldn't you uh, find a way to to harness it and use it? Uh, the other thing on the flip coin, the the flip side of the coin is um, these utilities own massive solar fields <laughs> so so even though they're fighting against it they're in the game so yeah. um you know that's, take that for what it's worth that's interesting to i guess i didn't know that but uh it's interesting that uh they're they're fighting the own thing they the, the same thing they've embraced themselves right so, right well, yeah. i mean uh you know it's a, it's a great deal for them right well yeah right? <laughs> yeah absolutely so it, yeah instead of having buy energy on the open market they're producing their own yeah it's pretty right. smart actually yeah but, i mean you know and, and the other thing is is uh uh they the utilities down there fought solar on a large scale for residential until they could power up the way they wanted to get their portfolio, so to speak, of energy, you know? So. Yeah. Wow. So what's the big difference between, because, I, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, there's a lot of conversation and talk about, you know, solar versus windmill versus all these different mm -hmm. spaces, right? So mm -hmm. 
I mean, how does one know if, well, gosh, maybe I should just plop a freaking windmill in my yard because I get a lot of wind versus right. whether or not you should, you know, I mean, cost benefit analysis wise, does it really matter? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start with a, a windmill doesn't take up a big footprint per se in two dimensions, but in three dimension, it, it does. Um, so, but they, they produce a hell of a lot of power, you know, uh, they certainly do, but I'm going to give you an example. So like on my sailboat, you've got solar panels and we had a wind turbine. All right. So, um, so which one produced the most power? Um, now they're on a small scale, right? But, um, Mm -hmm. the, the wind turbine, um, potentially if the wind is howling at 35 knots, can produce as much as those solar panels are in the sun, but it's got to be, the wind's got to be howling. Um, it makes a heck of a lot of noise and you've got moving parts that are that with heavy stresses relative to the size of the unit. So what's that mean? Eventually something's going to break, right? Mm-hmm. So I have something we always talk about. Uh, I always talk about to my, my customers is I hate service calls and they're like, well, what do you mean? It's like, I don't want to go out and fix something that if we could have done it right the first time, um, why didn't we? Right. So, so that's why the equipment that we, we choose as a company is always the best that we can get. Now, is it perfect all the time? hundred percent? No, it's not. But at least we're trying to make an intelligent decision on the front end. Uh, so that on the back end, we're not uh, using up all that valuable time fixing something. So that's my point when it comes down to these wind turbines. I mean, they break. I mean, they absolutely break. It's a constant maintenance issue. Think about a solar panel. What does it do? What what could what what moving part is there? There's I mean, none. Yeah, right. It's passive. Um, now uh, somebody could say, "Well, what happens if the sun doesn't come out for five days?" You know, I live in New England. It happens all the time. You know, so well, it's still light out. The sun is up. It's just that the clouds are covering it. So your your production capacity is lower. Um, but with a wind turbine, when the wind doesn't blow. Well, the good thing about with a wind turbine, when the wind doesn't blow, you're not breaking anything, right? right but uh, right. yeah. So, but you know, wind turbines, I, I totally get it. Um, I, it's just a maintenance issue, you know, yeah. um, and a noise issue and a um and they and and i know they talk about solar fields uh which i'm not a big fan of solar fields i just think if you've got a rooftop use the rooftop don't cut down the woods and do all that other stuff or if you get a landfill cover it if you got a um if you have a um water source that cannot be used by anybody it's just for municipal water cover that thing put a floating um solar array on top of there hmm. minimizes your um evaporation Right. It's it's space that you're not using anyways. Cover it. You know what I mean? So as long as it's not a park around it or anything like that. But mm. um, yeah. So, so to me, solar is, can be just about anywhere. Uh, wind turbines can't. Um, I, I, quick example. My hometown in Fairhaven, um, there was a there was a chunk of land that uh, we had. We were landlocked um, that we owned and um, nine acres. So on a little river there. But there's really nothing I could do for it. And, you know, I was kind of a knucklehead back then. So I'm like, what, why pay taxes on something I can never use? Gave it to the town. The town erected, had two of these windmills erected 
on that lot and then another one a little bit further south. And it was a big, a big make to do in town. The people, people that didn't live close to it loved it. The people that lived next to it hated it. Right. <laughs> so sure. You know. Yeah. But but totally. yeah, as far as like the I, I know I kind of got down on the weeds there, but um they're both good. Uh if you could eliminate the um the downside of the the wind turbines of the you know the the noise, the the maintenance and putting them where you really putting them somewhere where they're not unsightly. I, I, I get it. And solar is easy. You can you can put these micro little microgrids everywhere. So right. Well, yeah. So that's the interesting, interesting thing is you know, so solar, 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 there's solar companies everywhere, right? But but what I like is kind of the what you do a lot different is this like customized thing, right? Versus um it's a part of what you do it's not everything but what what's really neat is i think like you spoke about outside the box right so mm-hmm. talk a little bit about some of those outside the box projects that you've done because <laughs> because that's really uh that's really what i want the audience to hear because i think that's really what people need is those kind of solutions too uh, well, for me, outside the box, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I do, I've not formally educated in as far as going to, you know, four years to learn how to build an off-grid um, mm-hmm. system in this one particular part of the country. You know, um, it's taking various components and um, techniques and, and kind of marrying them together. Um, so as far as why we can do that is I think because we're a smaller company and we we're nimble and plus I'm the boss. I can do what I want. Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, even before I got in soul, I, uh, back, you know, 2008, um, it was like, wow, I, I really, I really like the concept of being able to produce power where there's, you really ne- never had it before unless you had a generator or, you know, a utility. So, and then now, with um, understanding all these electric um, motors that we can use and things of that sort, it opens up ideas. Like when I I built my electric outboard motor for my pontoon boat, um, everybody was like, well, why would you do that? You know, well, the reason why, well, some, sometimes you start uh, building things because frustration happens. <laughs> so you, you, the snow's gone, you you pull the cover off the boat, you clean it all up, you spend two days getting the thing ready. Uh, you you make sure the battery's charged, you make sure you get gas in it, and it's a beautiful day. You, you put the boat in the water, you turn the key, and the, and, the, and the engine doesn't start. It turns over, but it doesn't start because we use ethanol gas, and I don't care what stabilizer you use, it's going to gum up your carburetors. I got I, so fed up with that, and so my, my theory was, it's a pontoon boat. I'm not going fast. I just want it to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you turn a key and, and nothing happens, it's the gasoline motor wasn't starting. Um, I said, all right, let's, let's do this. Um, I'm going to put some solar on the canopy. I'm going to, I'm going to find a, 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 a dead outboard motor. So I found a 60 horse outboard motor, took the power head off, which is the gas internals mm-hmm. and um, built a whole electric uh, system inside 
the cowling. So when you put it on, it looks like a gas motor. And then you, I got a lot more batteries on it than I ordinarily would. I would have had one, but now I have five batteries on it on the boat. Guess what? It's, I think it's five years we've had that. I think it's going on a six year. Every time you turn the key, you don't hear anything, but it works every time. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so we, we have enough solar on there to make sure the batteries are, are topped off pretty much all the time. I mean, if I went around the lake, we live on a lake over here. It's, it's, it's three miles by a, a mile wide. So it's, it's not huge, um, but we can go up to the north end of the lake. We can go down to the south end of the lake and, and not, not run out of power. Um, I don't go. I'm, not, I'm only going maybe five knots. I'm not going super fast, but I didn't, didn't design it that way. Um, so, you know, everybody's like, well, what happens if, um, you know, you're out there at night? I said, well, I'm not out there at night too much. And I probably would think about it because I don't have a ton of storage on board. Because at the time, I only used lead-acid batteries in the technology. Just in the last five years, the lithium-ion phosphate batteries, uh, the LiPo batteries, had become affordable. It would have cost me $25,000 to do it a few years ago. But anyhow, um, yeah, we, I mean, as long as I've got electricity, I can go whenever. And what happens if the sun isn't out? Well, I'm not using on the lake when it's a crappy day. You know, so, <laughs> right. yeah, so, yeah, so that, I mean, that's just one of the ideas. Um, the year before that, I took the, uh, I have an electric golf cart with 48 volts. I took the roof off of it. You know, if you know those plastic roofs that are on there, mm -hmm. I took the roof on it and put a solar panel on it and put a little charge controller in, put it in the 48 volt system. I haven't plugged that thing in in six years. And we use it in the wintertime. I just knock snow off of it. And when the lake freezes, we'll drive it down there. And it's our little buggy. I don't get as great range in the wintertime, but I, you know, it works, you know, right. um, uh, the, the off grid package. I've got some buddies, you know, that up in Maine and we go hunting up there and whatever, but a um, few of them, they, they want, there's no electricity where they're at other than what they can produce. So they've got the standard generator, but now, built some off-grid systems i've built some uh i shouldn't say i've built i've mocked them up here locally mm -hmm. with these people and showed them how to put it together and then give them all the components with some drawings and you know a couple of phone calls and text messages and they go up and put it together and plug it in and they're amazed when it works right so but <laughs> i mean it worked here why wouldn't it work there um i i just got a call today uh guys going up um May, uh, April 17th, up to his cabin, way up in Maine. And um, he's just sent me a picture. He's like, hey, you know, is there anything that we want to tweak? He's had this uh, the, the system for two years now. Um, the first year, we it was half the size. And he owns the cabin with his uncle. And his uncle was a little miffed because the first system I designed for him uh, didn't, uh, he couldn't run his Keurig. So <laughs> I pretty much land based them. They're in a cabin in Maine, right? You know, they're probably covered in muds and, and wood ticks and everything else. And he can't use a Keurig. I'm like, <laughs> don't you have a coffee pot? Yeah. So um, mm. I, that wasn't on the list of things I had to power when I, when I designed the system. So right. yeah. that's but, funny. But anyways, well, I know that's a long answer, but so yeah. these, are, these are the type of things that we can, we can do. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, See, that's the side of solar that really intrigues me is, is the, the more custom outside of the box thinking of, 
What are like the everyday things that we use that you could incorporate solar into? Not just on your roof and all that kind of stuff, but what are all the everyday things that we use that we could be powering stuff with the sun? And, right. you know. Well, think about this, that, Jason. Think about this. Um, military. There was times yeah. you had to risk life and limb to get some big diesel generator in a spot where, you know, you, <laughs> it, it, it's hairy, where you're using a, a shotgun to kill an ant. All you needed was a little bit of power. You didn't need this this yeah. super power station, right? <laughs> right so right. wouldn't it have been cool if they if they could have just dropped in every day? Let's say they were producing power somewhere else and they could have just dropped in um, small storage units where you guys could have um, had lighting, uh, operate your essentials, and and your your handheld radios and everything and power them up and then take them where you need to go right mm-hmm. uh, and I would think that dropping a little package of power versus this big energy system and, and then diesel all the time um, would be a lot easier so just just things like that because we, the thing that we get out of solar is not like oh isn't it cool we we get energy from it right, right so right. think about places that you you don't have energy now but you're like wow i wish i could charge this device while i was here you know that's that's where we can we can take this big thing and and just whittle it down to the small and make conveniences for people um that they that they didn't have before right and how cool is it if there's a drawing in a package it gets sent to you say man i don't even know how to use a screwdriver but you just went plug this in plug this in (laughs) look at the drawing you know, and you know, you, you're done. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that's there's that's a, the package that I'd like to be put together. Yeah, there's a ton of value in that, and, and and it's probably a market that's you know underserved. I would think, um, to a degree, I would think. I mean, I know there's a lot of places that you can go buy this garbage on, and. Mm. You know, hopefully it lasts for a year. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's that's the thing is, right? Can can you can you make it simple enough and make it quality enough that you don't have to always feel the the phone calls where this hey this piece is garbage. All right, your instructions I can't I don't understand them. How, can, can you simplify this enough to get it into another enough people's hands where they can d- do it themselves? Right. Right. And yeah. and they know they 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 might have spent. Uh, more than some of that, the cheaper low end stuff. They might have spent more, but they they have um, the wherewithal to put it together. Yeah. Um, because realistically, I mean, uh, that's my biggest fear is we put these packages together on a larger scale, and um, we don't do a good enough job of putting together a package um, and instructions that everybody can follow. Mm-hmm. Right. So just because I can follow it, somebody else might not really picture it the right way. So we'd have to run this through enough um, people who learn in different ways and see things in different ways so that we just cover all the bases and get this stuff out. Right. Yeah. It's like the third grade level education. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. And, and even Approach. more than that. Yeah. Like some people need to see it. Some people yeah. need to read it. Some people can look at the box and they're so they're so smart they can figure it out, you know. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, part part of this whole concept of this podcast is, you know, 
sharing something with a young CEO or a CEO that may be struggling, so on and so forth. Um, we have all this institutional knowledge. So what would be a business struggle you would share that you went through in your earlier parts of your business or hell today for that matter, whatever, whatever you want to share, but how'd you overcome it? Okay. So <laughs> I would say that um, the, the ones that really uh, damage you the most don't always just go away hundred um, percent because a lot of these things are self-induced, if you will. Um, and I would say it all comes down to um, managing your time in the, in so that you're keeping the, the priority, the priority. And, and, and I struggle with that because I get sucked into some things that uh, I shouldn't be involved in. And it takes me away from the number one priority is, is um, producing a product we can sell and selling it. Right. So if I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm not in the, in the mode of providing the service that we provide, meaning you gave me a call, let me put that design together and get it back to you as quick as possible. So we can have a conversation and see if it's a fit for you. Or not. That's where we, we earn a living. Right. So if I get caught up in um, like right now, we're caught up in a, in a meter change. I won't get too crazy about it, but <laughs> every solar produces power. Certain government entities need to know how much power is being produced. So they want these meters to report somewhere. Well, guess what? They used to have a, a cell card in there that ran on 3G. And now they're shutting off 3G, like the cell phone stuff, right? Now mm -hmm. it's all 4 and 5G. So all these devices that used to be automated need to be swapped out, but we can't get them till, you know, next year. So realistically, it's not the ball's not in my court, but I got sucked into it. Finally, the other day, I said, uh, the, the company that sells these, um, these credits and does the, these reporting, I finally said, oh, they can take care of that. And I, I, I sent it off to them. The meter company who's going to sell these meters to the people. I sent that off to them. So I got, I got it off my plate, but I got sucked into it for, you know, not two weeks ongoing, but I got sucked into it. And I'm like, eh, you know, bang, what am I doing? So that, right. that was, um, for me, that's, if I was going to share with the, the, a, a new CEO um, business that takes off, because sometimes you're just thinking about how can I create business? That's the fun part. When you get business, and then you know it's right there and you can't grab it because you're too caught up in something else. That's the frustration point. And we, I think we all have it. Um, I need to get slapped in the face, you know, every couple of times a year to, to, to remember that we need, I need to keep the, the priority. So um, yes, do, if you're a new CEO, once you get business, find out what's pulling you away. It's usually, it's, it's usually because you're not managing your time. You're not, you're not staying in the box you should be in, right? Past that, past that, um, uh, that project, that assignment, whatever it is, find somebody who can take care of it, even if you have to pay them, and you get back to doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Time is the most precious thing we have, right? And yeah. Yeah. it's like, I always tell people, if you have 
even three or four tasks a day that you're doing that you can offload and have somebody else do it. And if, if that costed you, if that just happened to cost you five grand a month, you're nuts for not doing it, right? Because if you can't make that back by reallocating that time, well, then you've got some other problem <laughs> right. that you need to address too, right? So, and, and, and um, you will, and you will have the, those times, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. especially in my business, <laughs> the, the 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 like I said, whatever was true this morning is different in the in the afternoon, you know. So. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, yeah. Thanks for sharing that, and uh, to kind of start closing things up here, I always like to ask this last question: that is, if you could have had anybody on this call dead, alive, mentor, family, whoever that could be, that you always had that one question you wanted to ask and they could be here today, who would that be and what would the question be? Um, all right, just one question, business related or not? Whatever, doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is going to kind of go, yeah, it's going to kind of go sideways on you and mess up your whole podcast. That's okay. Um, go, yeah, go so, um, so I, I'll think, this will sound sad, but I think there's some humor in it. So my pops passed away a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. um, it's sudden. I mean, that it's tragic. It, truly it is. But if <laughs> I would like pop to be on here so that I could ask him, because we, we would always badger each other back and forth about, um, you know, who's going to catch the biggest fish, who's going to do this and who's mm -hmm. going to do that. We were supposed to go hunting in, in, uh, um, Ohio with my, at my brother's place out there. And, um, so, I, it was going to be a bet, you know what I mean? Like pup was probably going to have to buy dinner or whatever. And I say pup, because I would have, I would ask pup right now, Hey pup, who's going to get the biggest deer? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that's good stuff, brother. Good stuff. That's, that's a meaningful question to ask. Yeah. yeah. And it was, <laughs> it's just a fun game that you, but yeah, yeah. It, I'll give you some background story with some of the stuff that I used to piss my father <laughs> off about. <laughs> that haven't we all? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, in a fun way. I, I, the other stuff, I, I was too afraid of him to try to get, have him catch me and get mad at me about other things. Right, right. <laughs> Right. Well, great. Well, hey, Artie, um, how do people get a hold of you? Where do they come to uh, talk solar to you and your company? Yeah. Okay. So um, um, there's some other things in the work, but primarily we, we've got a, a website. It's reliablesolarsolutions.com. There's a contact form on there. Um, if you want to reach out directly to me, it, you can you can reach out at Artie, A-R-T-I-E, at reliable solar solutions.com. And I don't know, should I give up my phone number? The funny thing is I get, I, I, I use my own cell phone. Um, I'll tell you what, just do, do the email because I don't know what kind of spam can come in on my cell phone now. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Well, Hey, Artie, thank you for being here. I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a little later. You're your time appreciate you taking the time out of your day know you're busy as hell and uh thanks for being here all right jason thanks man well hey thank you all for listening and or watching this episode of war room moments i am your podcast host jason miller remember dream it believe it and achieve it it's jason miller signing off 
Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode. We'll be right back. 